You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Ambisha in a Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Katz Henry, and I'm very excited to share another hour with you. Goldilocks epitomizes balance, not being extreme, effectively finding the centeredness and leading from the middle towards reaching goals by getting things just right. We pick up our conversation on empowerment to explore how a person's choice of life partner can help in their pursuit of personal and economic empowerment. Peace and happiness at home is fundamental to peace and happiness in all other areas of each of our lives. Marriage is more than a mere blending, but harmonizing two adults and everyone else they bring along for the ride of a lifetime. Joining me today on the episode Grazie, prego, and scusi, triple magic of marriage, is my husband of 20 years and my best friend of 23 years, Mike Henry. Mike is a retired educator who loves to read, discuss Western and Eastern philosophies with me, and enjoy taking long walks, including when my lust for wondering takes over and we find ourselves in different parts of the world as my whims and fancies take over. Mike, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you very much. Today, we are going to talk about marriage. We are going to talk about the importance of why the harmonization of two adults in a union is important. Because as we always talk, that is the foundation for everything two adults do as they pursue their shared adventure and their shared goals. So we are truly the most unlikely couple at first glance. We come from different generations, different race, religion, culture, language, and everything else. From your perspective, why do you think, despite all of these superficial identified differences, that we work? I think that we are both open to the universe. And when we met, there was a cosmic connection. That that may sound very, very weird, but I believe that. Uh, there's a, the cosmos brought us together, and we did our job by recognizing it. That That's my answer. I'm the, that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I hear you, because growing up, I never thought I will end up in America. I probably only learned about America in my geography class, and here I was, and didn't think I was coming here to get married. I came here to get a college education, graduate school, and then pursue a career to bring my family over. And yet, here we are, 20 years and happily married and still going strong. But I grew up believing that teachers and our teachers and our spouse truly shape our destiny. Teachers shape it by building the person we become 
and everything that represents including our thinking and our choice making because that is what learning and education lays the foundation for. And I truly grew up believing that the life partner becomes the destiny because they shape all the choices we make because they influence the mood and the place all our psychological and philosophical ideas and thought processes are coming from. How did you grow up thinking about marriage? What was your idea of marriage? Shut up, George. (laughs) My mother and father would fight a lot. (laughs) So I heard a lot of shut up, George, and no, you shut up, Gene. Uh, so I had I had the negative example to go by and say, I'm not going to be like that, but I will be like this. And I was a religious kid and I mm-hmm. went to church by myself, even without a family, to the church across the street and there got became acquainted with First Corinthians, the, the chapter about love that that goes on to say love is not envious uh, you know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, and then I gave up my childish things. It's First Corinthians, and that's that's a good foundation for love and for community, if if you read it in its context. So, that that that's interesting. You say that because I grew up reading my philosophical scriptures and the Eastern philosophies and the Hindu texts, and their marriage is more than just a union of two people, it is about two families blending together and laying the foundation for the social progress and the economic progress of the entire community. And I also come from a world of arranged marriages, not a community of love marriages. So it's we went through some difficult times when we decided, hey, what started as friendship has now blossomed into something more special. We wanted to get married and we struggled with it. What were your thoughts when we went through all of those struggles with your parents, my parents, our different cultures, our language difference? It, it was difficult because everybody wants approval and we were not getting approval, not from anybody. And that would include a, a fair share of our friends. Our friends did not approve. Because as, as Cass has, has pointed out, uh, generationally, we are just dissimilar. Go through all the boxes and see, we are dissimilar. You check them all off. And, and that was a difficult time. And yet we, we stayed true to one another and to ourselves. And 20 years later, we're still there. I always think one of the things that helped us get through all of that is because we loved cooking together. We loved doing things together. And one of the ways we learned early on to bring our differences to a common place is taking your ingredients and my ingredients and making up dishes and cooking. And people loved being around us because we were the place to go when they wanted a party. Food and beverage was us it was it was always it, it was a loving and happy atmosphere that, that we created I, I do believe even though I still think I'm the better cook uh, <laughs> but people would gravitate to uh, to our apartment because there they would get a smile they'd get a drink and they'd get some good food 
I still remember when we were in college, you and your friends would knock on the door on a Friday night. Oh, I should say Saturday early morning or Sunday early morning at (laughs) two or three o'clock in the morning because all of you figured the Sri Lankan soup was the antidote to a hangover. And since I didn't drink, I never hung out with you guys. And you would always knock on the door at three o'clock in the morning saying, hey, we need some soup. And I would actually wake up and make all of you soup. And ready to go on Saturday morning, we were. (laughs) So our cooking really did help bridge the difference. And I truly attribute part of that cultural bridging happening over food. Around the world, people consider marriage as love or arranged. And ours was a combination of a little bit of both. And your parents didn't come from an arranged marriage culture. My parents didn't come from a love marriage culture. And yet... Since my parents stayed with us and I had to bring my family over, you had worked with me to help integrate them into our family. It was no longer just you and I. We had my sister. We had my parents. How did that feel? I mean, we are in your country. We are here in a Western society. But inside the house, you were surrounded by a South Asian society with things being expected a particular way. And that's not easy. But we, I had, we, all, we all had to learn the meaning of the word integration. Everybody had a different way of doing things. It, none of us like to have someone stand over our shoulders watching you cut an onion or a potato and say, why do you cut it that way? Well, that's the way I cut it. And it can be trying at times, mm-hmm. but everybody learns to to accept one another, uh, even down to the color of an apple. My my sister-in-law, one, one day brought home from the store, she said, I have an apple. Look at that. I found the perfect apple, and it was a red apple. So I thought, well, if she likes apples, I'm going to do a nice thing, and I'll get her a gala apple, which is one of my favorite varieties, except a gala is kind of a variegated color. And when I gave it to her and I said, you'll love this apple. It's much tastier than the one yesterday. She said, that's not an apple. That's because she grew up seeing an apple only on a book, exactly. which said A for apple, and it was always a red apple. And that's right. And so there, there my, my good deed was terribly misunderstood. I had to eat the apple. Yes, and then the only way we could fix that was then take her to the grocery store and show her all the apples that were there from green to red and every shade and combination in between so that she learns that apples don't look just like the one in the book which says A for apple. And so so we we learned slowly but surely to communicate uh, to the point where my mother-in-law, who was always standing over me watching me cut my vegetables, said to me. With your left hand? Yes, with my left hand. And she said to me in the spirit of communication, and I might say kindness, she said, son, you're a pretty good cook, but you sure are a slow coach. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone had already laughed. Yes. And it, I don't think they ever got used to the fact that somebody could be left-handed. That was a puzzle to them the whole time. That mystified them. How do you do that with that hand? Yes, but you also, in order to be respectful of the culture, to be able to have a meal in our tradition, you taught yourself to eat with your hand and with your right hand. Yes, so 
So I, I became a bit of a right-hander in many, yes. many functions. Mm-hmm. And we found that when we had traditional meals, even our Western friends, they would join us and they were happy to test out eating with a hand. Yes. And everybody found out what a pleasurable experience it is to eat with the hand. Yes. And I will never forget, kids in the neighborhood will come and eat at home because they loved the food. And then the parents would call and say, Cass, did you tell my kid that they could eat with their hand? And I would say, yes, Kathy, yes. But when they're eating Sri Lankan food, they can eat with their hand. When they eat South Asian food, they can eat with their hand. But when they're eating Western food, they have to use the fork and knife and spoon the same way someday they're going to learn to use the chopstick when they eat East Asian food. So it became a good way for us to communicate with one another within the family. Food became the medium to bridge the difference. And I really, really am happy that we had something that everybody enjoyed that helped us bridge the difference. As we come back from the break, I want us to take a little time and talk about what are the other things that we have learned from our experience that have made our empowerment of personal journey and our economic journey stronger and how other people can take a page from that and apply it in their context. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Gold Deluxe, How to Get It Just Right. We are picking up our conversation uh, on marriage and what makes it last as well as shape our personal and economic empowerment. You know, Mike, we always, I always joke when you say you don't want to do something, I say, hey, you already promised me that. And your response is, no, when did I do that? And I say, you remember those Hindu vows you took in a language you didn't know? Right there, you promised me. And your fallback is, I don't know what I said. And I say, that's not my fault. You promised me and I'm holding you to the promise. So we we playfully talk about things we don't want to do, but we do it for each other. How did you feel going through two marriages to the same person in two different faiths? Because our faith was important to us and respecting each other's faith was important because that was part of who we are. Yeah, I, it was an opportunity for me to learn. I, I am as, I was raised as a, a, a Christian, but I'm every bit of a Hindu now today as I am a Christian because, again, it's like the beginning uh, we're cosmically connected, connected, and as I learned about your traditions, your cultures, your religions, I learned about your what keeps us young, strong, and vital. And believe me, I'm not young. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I getting any younger, and the 20 years haven't made us any younger. But the fact that we were able to accept each other's fates and we were comfortable going to each other's places of worship and sharing in that commune with our own respective makers laid the foundation, I think, for the mutual respect that some people miss out when they separate their traditions. We, 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 were, we were able to learn such deep things by finding what made us alike rather than what made us different. So we focused on our our similarities rather than our dissimilarities. Mm-hmm. And that made me a much, much better human being and a much better person. And I think it, it made you a better person yes. as well. Yes, we have both grown because of the marriage. And I think it has also centered us, right? So it's helped us see things from each other's perspective, but out in the world, of our professional world, it also allowed us to see other people with the same broad-mindedness that we embraced each other. And and then then it lasts. It lasted. It's lasted twenty years, and God willing, it's going to last another twenty years. And what what has kept us together is you remember, we were on a cruise. We didn't get to go to the breakfast. Mm-hmm. But there was breakfast with the Pope, mm-hmm. and for for I think it was up to a hundred couples. Anyhow, they sold out, and we were left out. Mm-hmm. But the Pope came to breakfast, gave a blessing to the people. This is friends of ours from the cruise that that were there, relating it to us, and he gave a, a five minute homily where he said the sum. So, so the couple summarized the the homily, and it was just absolutely beautiful. The Pope. In his homily, said there are three things that make a marriage look strong and keep it together, and that is three words: grazie, prego, and scusi. Grazie is thank you, prego is you're welcome, and scusi is forgive me. 
Those three words, if we practice them, will keep a marriage strong and together throughout a lifetime. That's very profound. Mm-hmm. And the lesson I t- took from that conversation is those three words are not important just for a marriage. They're important for any relationship. Yes, yes. Every relationship that is based, that needs to be built to last requires trust, respect, and people's desire to preserve the relationship as, as opposed to winning. Yes, yes, exactly. And so if marriage is about sharing and growing together, it is not about, marriage is not a competition. No, it, it is not a competition. And yet so many people out there approach it like it is a competition. And I scratch my head and say, why are they, what, what is that about? Mm-hmm. And when we started our marriage, it's not like we had everything. We were starting with nothing. We were coming from different situations, different stages in life, and we started with nothing. So we also knew one of the beautiful things about starting from nothing is you know that the other is there for you, not because what you have. Yes. And... Relationships are tested over time. As they say, what doesn't break us makes us stronger. And boy, have we gone through things. You visited my home country that was in the middle of a civil war. What are some of your memories of visiting a country in the middle of a civil war and being a Westerner? The, the thing that struck me is on the countryside, they are fighting a civil war, a bloody civil war, in the cities, at certain places, there are bombings, and yet the people, the, the, the guy next door, the guy down the street that you meet, the guy that you uh, have a beer with at, in the evening, you know, they all come from these different factions that are fighting, and yet they are the finest people you'd ever want to meet because they didn't buy in to destabilizing a country over silly political political differences. And we need to learn that more and more throughout this world. Now, you were with me when we were visiting Sri Lanka when there was a bombing and we were evacuated. Yes. That was a scary time. It was uh, in the middle of the night, an air raid. Somebody tried to blow up the airport. People were shooting into the air. People, what goes up comes down. Bullets were coming down. So the actual, the military, the police and military was shooting up in the air and And, shooting themselves. And shooting themselves with the bullets coming back. And Uh it it was frightening. It was terrifying. And yet the, the neighbors, the people, they helped us get to the airport so we could be evacuated safely that night. There was no panic. Right? I mean, they covered it in the news. There was no panic. And And people worked at saving each other. And there there was one report in the newspaper where they quoted a woman. She said, it was such a hot night, and I thought I'd sleep on the veranda. And I awoke with a pain in my leg. My husband said, well, my dear, you've been shot. And that was, that's the tone of the people that, you know, everyday people like your next door neighbor. Mm Mm-hmm. So you've seen a completely different world, beautiful island, wonderful things to see, good food, good people, but politically, terrible turmoil. 
Yeah, but, and that's why a good marriage is actually a mirror of a, a stable society. Uh, it, it takes work to, to keep a stable marriage, I believe, you know, throughout your life. And it's much like the life of a, of a nation. You've, you've got to work for stability, work for acceptance. Uh, what, how, how else can I say, Cass? I, I hear what you're saying because ultimately the family is the smallest building block of a society. Families come together to build a local community. Those individual local communities come to build a city. The cities build a state. State builds a country. So the fundamental fabric of our society is family. And when family can be understanding and families among each other and within itself can be caring and giving and forgiving, no matter what, then it really does build a much stabler society, and I totally hear you. And so, which brings me back to the American society we're in, where marriages are not an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, it's 50% of people are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And if that contributes to, that destabilizes a society. Mm -hmm. You know, we have too many, too many mothers raising, too many single mothers raising children. You know, fathers... Fathers need to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And mothers have to juggle job, yeah, taking care of everything, including raising the kids, and they have to make choices because they can't do everything. And government needs to take that into account as well. And yeah. we sometimes they overlook what it takes to raise a child by a single mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And most of our children are being raised by single mothers in the United States. Often, yeah. often, yes. So when I'm teaching, when I'm in the classroom, most of my female students are single mothers. And I allow them to bring their young children into the classroom. They can yeah. sit and color and do their homework. Sometimes, depending on the topic, young children do want to get engaged. And I use videos and movies incorporated in the curriculum to create that added dimension so that learning becomes more like storytelling and difficult concepts are easy to grasp. But how many educators today allow young children in the classroom? Yeah, and it, it seems like you, you should for the good example that you set because you're elevating the importance of education and when a child sees that at a young age, when they get older, they are going to gravitate toward educational experiences that are positive. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see where marriage becomes a more long-term commitment in the society we currently live in, because then children have a more stable home life. Therefore, children learn that everything in life is supposed to last as opposed to fleeting. So after after school programs are very important and need to be they need to be supported, but more importantly than that, parents need to seek out after-school programs so that there is a, a good partnership between the society and the nuclear family. Yes, and especially as single mothers, they can't be there to pick up the kid soon after school is over. They have to count on some program for the children to be engaged in school so that when the job is over, they can come home and pick up the kid yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that 
you know, there is cooperation among mm-hmm. different institutions in in the society. Mm-hmm. And and of course, I think attending your your place of worship is important. Hold that thought. When we come back, I want to pick up the conversation right where we left. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to unleash your inner goldilocks how to get it just right to reach dr cass henry or her guest today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr cass henry at hotmail.com now back to this week's program Back to Unleashed in a Goldilocks, how to get it just right. We are picking up our conversation with regards to single mothers having to raise children and how that kind of a nuclear family creates challenges to the mother and the children. And we were talking about the importance of after-school programs and how society has to make allowances to compensate for that single parent household if the basic building block of society, which is the family, is supposed to be functional. So building on that thought, what are some of the uh, opportunities parents have, single parents, since we're talking about a mother or a father in some cases, because there are fathers who raise children by themselves. It's not just a mother. Single parent raising children. What are some of the places they can go to? You've spent Uh, some years working with children who have sometimes money, sometimes everything but time from their parents. And that causes some challenges in their psychological development. Yeah, yeah. you need to treat children. uh, I don't 
I don't want to say the word adult necessarily, but kids aren't dumb. Kids know what's going on. And if you value your child, you should do more things with your child. If they're interested in, you know, whatever kind of hobbies they may, may be, you should be participating with them, not, not just sending them out for someone to babysit, to get them away from the, the video games. When I was a kid, eight o'clock in the morning, I was bang, out the door and not back home in the summertime, this is, until dark because I was playing, I was playing outside. Today, you can't get a child outside. He's, first thing he does is when, it, when he comes in your house, do you have Wi-Fi? Oh, you don't, I don't wanna go, I have to go, I think. No, you don't have to go, go out in the backyard and play. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it, it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And there's short marriages and single parent families are a relatively recent phenomenon in America because I know your parents' generation, your parents were married for how many years? 60, 70 years? George and Jean. <laughs> right, right until the end, they were still bickering a bit. But that's okay. But I mean, they, were, right. they had their differences, they had but their, they made it work. They loved each other very, very much. And they took care of one another, and they took care of the family very nicely. Yes. So this is not something new. This is something that has always been there as part of this society. Somewhere along the way, something has changed. So I know people are surprised. when Normally when people ask, how long have you been married, they expect us to tell them that either we married for the green card or, you know. I always tell you, you tell them my father lost me on a card game, right? Because <laughs> people find that more believable than us telling them we've oh. been married for 20 years. Oh, what, what game were they playing? Poker? <laughs> Blackjack? <laughs> I don't know. But so this is something that we all deal with. Everybody seems to think that people get married for some purpose other than. Yes, what the underlying purpose should be. Now, I do come from an arranged marriage culture where the girl's family has to give dowry to the boy's family. So if you have boys, the boys are an asset because they're going to bring in cash, an automobile, a house, gold, jewelry, all of that comes into the family. If you have girls, oh God, if you have more than one one girl, You better own two houses to give each of the two girls. You better have a ton of money. You have to give everything to the boy's family because the boy comes into the girl's house, but you have to kind of pay the boy's family. So one could assume that that is a transaction. The highest bidder gets the boy. And I grew up not liking that. It's not that the Western way has pluses and minuses the same way the South Asian tradition also has its pluses and minuses. Yes, you marry for life, but that marriage is based on the girl's family having enough money to purchase the right of having a boy marry their daughter. I like the way it turned out for us, though, even though I don't think your father did for a while. I remember, I remember you telling my dad that now you will like your dowry and he gave you one gold sovereign <laughs> and said, take care of her. Right. <laughs> but we didn't get marriage for married for dowry, but I have friends who have married based on arranged marriages for dowry. And those marriages are not guaranteed either, but the family is there to support and the marriages 
tend to stay together. And once again, you know, that that contributes to a stable society. You know, and, and it's, a society must be stable to sustain itself. It needs to be protected. Uh, and So more and more women are having better jobs. More and more women are becoming primary breadwinners. And while men have traditionally earned more than women for the same job, that privilege that men have enjoyed is a double-edged sword because in the last wave of downsizing, corporations let go of men because the women did same or more work for less pay. So from a bottom line perspective, women became more of a value add to businesses and more men were laid off. More marriages broke down because men were out of jobs they were not raised to believe that they get in the, get up in the morning, make the breakfast, take the kids to school, take them for practice, sit at the park. Dads don't sit down and talk to each other at yeah. parks, right? So we don't have a society built that way. And yet our workplace ramifications and our public policies have taken our American society that way. More women are going to college, to grad school, Less men are going to graduate school. So where does this change have to happen for marriages to last when we're not training people what that is about? We're going to have to adapt. And and, and to adapt is sometimes very, very painful. Mm -hmm. But we have to make commitments. And that's another word. Commitment is so important. We need to make commitments to the people in our family, that, that being our spouse, our mm-hmm. children, and when we make those commitments, then it, it goes to real change. And and the, and the pain that, that it sometimes causes because fathers are not used to folding laundry in mm-hmm. today's society, and you just have to learn to do it. Sometimes I, fathers don't like to make beds, or at least... <laughs> so I remember you telling me these are when a boy is born, you're given a manual and you are given a list of things that you're supposed to have demonstrate learned incompetency in so that the woman you're married to will never ask you to do that job again. That includes doing laundry, folding laundry, making beds, putting dishes away. I almost <laughs> sold that too. Right until the very end, she said, no, that's not right. Oh, well, almost. But now we also have the millennial generation and Gen Z who see the gender roles very differently. They they don't see gender roles. Yes, that's that's true. And mm-hmm. we all have to adjust to that, too. So we have five, six generations living simultaneously from baby boomers to Gen Zs yeah. and now the generation behind them. And everybody looks at marriage and roles in a marriage very, very differently. So even within the culture, we have subcultures. Yes. And to, to try and understand this, this whole plethora of, uh, of different approaches to life and different worldviews is, is mind-boggling in and of itself. And yet we don't have a choice, right? We are working, living, and doing everything we do in a multi-generational society 
And in a way, it's good. I think it gives an opportunity for learning to happen, not in one direction. The traditional thought is that you learn from your grandparents and your great-grandparents. But we live at a wonderful age where grandparents and parents are forced to learn from the kids and the grandkids. I think that is good. I think it's very good. And and you're putting it that way, demonstrate anybody that listening is like, maybe the next time the grandbaby comes home and he's got Facebook on the, the Kindle, uh, sit down and learn how to do it. That I have resisted, oh, it's horrible, my resistance to all things electronic. But I, I'm learning slowly but surely and frustratingly. I am learning how, how, how it's done in the electronic age. Yes, and it's especially important when I travel for work internationally and I have Wi-Fi connection, but we can't call each other on the phone internationally with Facebook, with Messenger, with FaceTime. You're learning the value of communication. Technology is not just a thing that young people do anymore. Technology becomes something that we all need to use in order to make our life work and our relationships work. Yeah, and it couldn't be clearer. And everybody just needs to get wired up. <laughs> yes, you can't be off the grid, as you always say. You have to come back I on. kind of liked it off the grid. It's like, I am Mike, I'm off the grid. Now I can't say that. Anymore. Nope, nope. So you've gone from, as you say, being technology illiterate to technology incompetent, but which I'm, is progress. But I'm making and, progress. And That's now you're becoming technology proficient. Yes. So there is a pathway. And if not for the young people and your students and everybody else kind of yeah. nudging you and teasing you and saying, Mr. Henry that and Mr. Henry this. Yes. And, and that's, that's another point. If, if you don't spend some time with, with teenagers, then do. Because that's the generation coming up right now. Learn to understand a little bit about the pop, pop culture. Because that's... That's worldview shaping. That's that's how our our young people are 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 going to enter into their new new brave brave new world, mm-hmm. and it'll help you understand and translate, and they will be pleasantly pleasantly surprised. Plus, it keeps the older marriages like ours yes. young and hip too. Yep. Who yes, said old married people can't be hip? Yes. Because you can be, and I, I have a, a a file cabinet full of wonderful stories about young people that thought, how does he know that? Well, I paid attention. <laughs> Thank you. Let's pick this up later. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. 
Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Thank you for joining our conversation back for our final segment. And Mike, as we were talking as we wrapped up the last segment, the importance of learning from the five generations and the sixth generation that is entering the young adulthood, how important it is to learn from one another to keep the units of family and the units of society stable and cohesive. Oh, I, it's it's critically important. And to, to take the long view and look at all of the generations all solving the same problems a little bit differently makes it, you really have to work in understanding your, your fellow human beings out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't, I read the newspaper, I put the newspaper down and say, I'm going to take a taxi. I am not going to take one of these rideshare places. And yet uh, another generation guy says, hey, take the rideshare, not me, because of things I read in the newspaper. It's something as basic as how to get transportation. Uh, mm-hmm. One generation is totally committed to ridesharing. This generation guy, give me a taxi first. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it's those things, and, and you can just go down a list and tick them off and, uh, and and check all of the boxes, and it's vacation. I make a reservation in a hotel. Somebody else says, hey, I'm Airbnb it. What's that? 
You go live in someone else's bedroom <laughs> with two other people? Yeah, it's fun. Sounds like trouble to me. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. I know, I know. So the different generations do look at the world differently. But another important factor in a successful marriage or a successful relationship of any kind is learning to talk about your different perspectives, building on the theme, and respectfully debating instead of fighting. That's what we need to learn. Just because I look at it differently doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa. You're mm-hmm. wrong and I'm right. Uh, we, need, we need to have a civil discourse. Clean up the language. Talk respectfully. Mm-hmm. And if you use a Kindle, you know what? Every time you don't know the meaning of a word, hit the reason. You know, just look at the meaning of the word. Your vocabulary improves. People respect you more. And you find it's pretty much fun using a $10 word. Yes. And then if you progress, you can start using $100 words, as they tell me. Yes. Yes, I always get told at work that I'm using $100 words. I should downsize it to $10 words. (laughs) So I I had to look up the meaning of what that meant because I did not understand. And that brings up a whole different aspect of a conversation. Great Britain speaks English. Australia speaks English. Canada speaks English. U.S. speaks English. I learned growing up as a young adult the British English. And yes, we both speak English at the house, at our home. But when I'm tired, I don't always get the right words. I don't always use the same vernacular of the American English. I tend to use British English. I say, let's go dancing. You always laugh at me. Right? Yes. And... So we run into situations, and yet we have figured out what each other mean. What are some of your funny moments with me mixing up my language? Oh, yes. We were, again, we're on a vacation trip. We're packing, getting ready for vacation, and uh, Cass comes in to me, and she says, Mike, don't forget to pack the binoculars. And I said, of course I won't. So after a while of thinking thing, I said, I'm sorry, I got to break that. What is a binoclar? The binoclars, they're over there on the, on the, in, in the desk drawer. What is a binoclar? So she has to take me by the hand, open the drawer, say, there, binoclar, binoculars. <laughs> so the next time you see a, a pair of binoculars, think binoclars. It's because that's how we call it, right? The trunk of the car is called a dicky. The elevator is called a lift. So today we sit back and laugh, and we've learned to laugh about our language differences, even though we're all still talking English. There was our first Christmas together, of course. Oh, yes. I will never forget that. He said, pick me up right after class. I'm going to sell my book, and I'm going to Kmart and buy a crib. And we were friends those days. And I, 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 what? You're not dating anybody, are you? No, no. I want to go and get the crib. I'm sitting in the car driving. Crib, crib. What do you need a crib for? Why do you need a crib? It's Christmas. I need a crib. What the work? She needed a nativity scene so she could decorate under her little tree, small Christmas tree. That's because we grew up, whether you're Christian or not, everybody celebrated Christmas in Sri Lanka. We all went for midnight mass. The n- crib is set. The nativity scene is set minus baby Jesus and the crib. 
We go to mass, come back after midnight mass, and only then baby Jesus is put in the nativity scene because only then baby is born. And it was important for me to follow my tradition. I'm not a Christian, but that is a Sri Lankan tradition. It was that day that my hair went gray. (laughs) I will never forget how upset you were that I wanted a crib. But so those are the language differences we just have to work through. Just like differences of opinions, differences of ways of solving problems. But if we're not always in agreement, we tend to differ in our opinions, in our approaches, but we always somehow find a way. Yeah, there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's like here, here to the store. Uh, I may turn left, she may be turn right, but eventually we both make it to the same store, uh, even though I would never be caught, I, you know, I'd never go the way she went, and it all works out. So the lesson here for me has been it really doesn't matter where we come from, what our expectations of the marriage is, as long as we want this to work, it is in our power to make it work. Yes. Yeah, this is all, it, it's on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, you can't uh, blame somebody else for your own failings. Mm-hmm. If if I'm failing in an area, then I need to analyze what what's going wrong and what I can do differently mm-hmm. to get a better outcome. Mm-hmm. And we, you have been very comfortable now that you're retired in your home, and even before that, supporting a wife who traveled a lot, who was always in a corporate environment, and you didn't have any problems with our different schedules, my work life being of a complete, in a completely different planet and an orbit compared to your work life planet, and yet we made it work. Because we both have mutual trust, mm-hmm. and we both support one another no matter what, what the enterprise may be, mm-hmm. even whether we agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. And that's important because everybody all along the way when they see two people close, whether it's a marriage or any other relationship, people will try to drive a wedge. Oh, absolutely. There there are some people that are, it's almost as if they've become professional at it. Two, two happy people? We can't have that. Let's make them unhappy. Hey, you remember this? This will work. And beware of that, folks. If, if you're married, do not let other people get involved. In fact, I learned early on, you know, when you're a married man, you probably ought to hang out with married men. Because if you're a married man hanging out with single men, that's a recipe for trouble. I mean, just one little piece of free advice for you, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) And ultimately, whether it is making a marriage work, a relationship work in the workplace, or a relationship in any aspect of society work, requires two people respecting each other and being there for each other through difficult times and having each other's back. And I can't believe we've talked through almost a whole hour. Thank you for making the time and coming on the show. I know this is not something you were excited to do, but you were once again indulging me because I wanted to talk about the importance of marriage and felt that who better can I talk about this with than you? My cheeny darling. Thank you. And for those of you who just heard my husband call me Chini Chini means sugar in my language. 
and we find it less sappy when we call each other that and it's not in English. Uh, I welcome all our listeners to download this episode and all the other episodes of the past and continue to listen, continue to engage, continue to learn the art of learning, growing, understanding, and negotiating so that you continue to build your own empowered life and surround yourself with people of all walks of life who are going to support your journey because only with the support of like-minded people, they don't have to agree with you, but if they believe in you, they support you, they share your passion or they respect your passion, they will help you accomplish your goals and they will help you unleash your inner potential. Thank you for spending the hour with me. I look forward to seeing you again next week, the same time on the show. And I cannot wait to have another conversation about another interesting topic with you along my side for this journey. As you go about taking care of your week and planning your week and following your own passions to accomplish your goals, remember... Every human interaction, whether it's a marriage, whether it's work, whether it's a casual walk or a exercise routine at the gym, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there and transform life. And please, don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then. 